Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He's a guy that, that I really respect. He's a heck of a football player. And, uh, you know, he's kind of the last guy to get, get uh, the contract uh, redone. And so I just felt like, you know, I want, to, I want to make sure that he understands where he fits in this organization and, and how I feel about it. Uh, Mike Zimmer on Anthony Barr. What was that about? That was from yesterday. Or from today? Or was, what, that, that, was, was that a quote from a while back? Probably from Friday. Okay. From the uh, press conference, Max tells me it was yesterday. Okay, oh, it was. Yeah. So the I fact no that Mike, the fact that Mike Zimmer going on here. brought up the contract thing means that it's probably being worked on, wouldn't you think? I don't know why he would bring that I don't up. Know. And then... This whole thing's weird. Like the whole impromptu press conference that I, I want to talk before I'm scheduled to talk. Ordinarily, I don't want to talk to you mm-hmm. guys, but now I want to bring up a report that because I asked, I said, "Has did anyone see this report? Am I just missing this?" And I can't find anybody. It might. It turns out one of the one of the people I talked to yesterday said it might have actually been said on television. So there was never a a written report. Okay, so like might Rappaport somebody, floated it or something on NFL Network. It actually, or, actually, from what I heard, it might have been a local guy who floated it out there on like a newscast or something. Oh, but then it would just be. Do you know which local guy? No, I didn't. He he just that said Jim Rich, a local guy, but just floating reckless speculation on Fox Nine. At that point, you have no like. Is that okay? Barr hasn't signed an extension, so I think this might happen. Who knows? It's yeah. one of the weirder. I don't understand. For a guy who who ordinarily likes to hold things close and doesn't really like to talk to the media that much, this one, to me, is very perplexing. Yeah. All right, so uh, you can find training camp coverage at 1500ESPN.com. The Purple Podcast is always a great source for information and thoughts from Matthew Collar and uh, rotating cast of guests. But we briefly touched on this yesterday in our Randy Moss discussion. Who had a more meaningful impact on Minnesota sports? Randy Moss... Or Kirby Puckett is that the way we framed it? Uh, and I actually, well, well, we talked about it on Friday, and, and then we uh, touched on it in the opening segment yesterday. And so I tweeted this out on Monday. Okay, I tweeted exactly this: as much as Puckett meant to the Twins and fans in this town, I think Moss had the biggest impact on a fan base of anyone I've watched or covered in the town. Agree or no? Okay, so impact on fan base. Yes, and and and. The one word I could have thrown in that I didn't, that I regret a little bit, would be immediate impact. I've never seen a player, and there's not, and this is a very small list. And by the way, just quickly, Adrian Peterson does not qualify. He's a Hall of Fame great player. He does not qualify here. I'm talking about you change the dynamic of things for the team. Pocket, absolutely. 
But my point was immediate impact, 98, 15 and 1 to me, you added, you changed the fan base for the Vikings that season. Yeah, okay, that's and that's kind of a different. Yeah, I don't think anyone disputes that. Like that's a no-brainer. There were still people though. There were still people that made huge cases for Kirby. But in terms which of which fine. one of them had a greater impact, Randy Moss is definitely one of the three or four most popular athletes in the state's history. But Kirby Puckett has to be above him on this list because Puckett delivered literally in game 6 of 1991, literally delivered a championship or at least got them to the game 7 that that they paid it off. Puckett in 87 and 91 was the figurehead for a team that cashed in the first two championships really in state history. Mm-hmm. And the Lynx have followed suit with a dynasty here. But of the four major men's professional sports, Kirby Puckett is the ringleader and the figurehead and the best player on the two teams that are sitting at the top of the list here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if, if Randy Moss had delivered a Super Bowl and then you say, okay, Moss delivered a Super Bowl, and the Vikings are more popular because it's like the Vikings are the go-to team in this town. I would put Randy Moss above. Uh, but he was mostly a sugar high because they never actually cashed it in with, with substance. They got beat in the NFC Championship game twice with Randy Moss. Yes. And therefore, Kirby Puckett is above him on that list for me. Kirby, to me, if, if the question had been popular, Puckett is number one without a question. More popular? He is more popular. He is the more popular. Yeah. And, and, and for the entire career, he did more. I guess what I was trying to get at is, in my, in my lifetime of watching sports as a fan or covering them in this town, I don't think that you're going to surpass what Moss did for immediate impact. Yeah. Well, and, was- and because you went from, as we discussed on Monday's show, you went from an aging Viking fan base that had become sort of bored. And that was not a bad team. Like they were, they weren't great, but they weren't bad, but that was an aging. That was the aging Met stadium fan base that stuck with, with the team through the Metrodome years. And I think if you were, let's say you were between the ages of 18 and 30 in 97, you might've watched the Vikings but I don't think that you were truly passionate about it. Moss brought out a passion, and Moss brought out a passion and established a fan base that I don't think existed. It's also the the, the Puckett Moss comparison or comparing contrast game here. It's a testament to circumstance too. You know, obviously, if Kirby Puckett had played with, let's say, a different manager and a different front office that wasn't quite as savvy. I mean, Andy McPhail was one of the most savvy general managers in baseball. Him and Tom Kelly were this young duo in the in the 80s into the early 90s, and they went out and they aggressively added the Jack Morris types. You know, 1987, they had veterans like Burp Lylevin and Roy Smalley who they brought back, and they had this they had cultivated this young stable of players and they all came up, the Herbacks and the Brunanskis and then the Knobloks in 1991, Shane Mack. So, building that roster around Kirby Puckett allowed him to sit on top of this thing that was already ready to pop, and then he just had to add the star power to the top of it, right? Mm -hmm. In the Randy Moss era, ownership was lagging behind. They weren't spending the resources on the practice facility that the Wilfs are right now. Uh, They weren't exactly going after huge name free agents. They were patchworking with quarterbacks for the most part. It's not like they went out and got Randall Cunningham in the prime of an MVP portion right. of his career. They went out and got Randall Cunningham off a scrap heap to be like a just a backup, right? right? And they got lucky that he was good. And Moss fell to him. Yeah, and they and they never really put together. They had some great players on defense for a while. You know, they had John Randall on defense. They had Chris Dolman at the end of his career. They had some defenders, but they never had the total package defensively, franchise quarterback, 
that Randy Moss could sit on top of and okay, now he's this he's the star that helps put you over the top. Not that a wide receiver would really be that uh on a regular occasion in the NFL, but it's a testament to you've got to have the skill, the star power, the figurehead quality, all those things. Oh, and then the cast around you has to be good enough for you to really pay it off of the championship. Right. And Puckett was fortunate in that regard. If Puckett had come around ten years later and now he's stuck with maybe he's stuck with an aging Tom Kelly or something and Whatever. I mean, Puckett in the early 2000s would have been fun, but can you imagine if Puckett would have came up, let's say, and the prime of his career was from 93 through 99, 2000, and he's playing with a bunch of stiffs like Scott Stahoviak? Right. So it's a lot of it's just circumstances and timing. Too. Baseball's a different thing because mm-hmm. because Puck came up and and he could hit, but if if you recall, statistically, his power didn't come around until about a couple years after. And so so the completion of Kirby as a player took some time. In football, it was instantaneous. Moss stepped in. If I'm not mistaken, the opener in 98 was against Tampa Bay. He caught a, a long touchdown pass from uh, Johnson in that game, and the circus was on. But the responses I got, which were a lot of uh, pro-Kirby as well, but the Moss responses I got, which is what I recall is, I was a kid... I would watch a quarter of a Vikings game and then go play, you know, outside or something. Starting in 98, I was tuned to the TV constantly Mm -hmm. for Vikings games. And that's the difference. The Vikings from Herschel Walker was a splashy name. And I I remember as a kid, like Herschel Walker, yeah, Herschel Walker jersey. And that lasted for a couple years. But the Vikings from like the, the, the middle to end of the Herschel Walker portion. So like 1991 through. 1998 when they drafted Moss, which is, and for me as a guy born in the mid-80s, that was me from age 7 until I was a teenager. So prime molding years as a sports fan. And I watched all the Vikings games, but there, was, there wasn't there was a whole lot. I mean, like Terry Allen was, the, Chris Carter was a star receiver, but he yes. wasn't flashy. Chris Carter was just a reliable workman-like wide receiver. It wasn't like you tune into a Vikings game and it was, oh man, we get to watch... We get to watch uh, Odell Beckham Jr. or, or a, a, you right. know, a player that really catches your eye. A, a Lions fan watching Barry Sanders. It was Terry Allen at running back. Then it was Robert Smith, who was really good, but he wasn't super exciting to watch. And and that's the element that Randy Moss brought, too, that made him more watchable. He, it was this he made exciting brand. Yeah. He made them sexy. He made them, they, they went from being a solid sort of nondescript, not boring, but not super exciting, to you had to watch them. Mm-hmm. And and with Puck, he was a great player, but I don't know a baseball player can do that. Like the impact of Moss, it, in some ways, it's not fair to Kirby because the impact can't be the same. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to be. You, you've got to go through the entire lineup. He's going to make some great plays, but the thing with Randy is every offensive play in '98 became an adventure because he could be involved. Mm-hmm. Yep, so I don't know if that settles it because people are going to have their own opinions. And but age, Adrian age Peterson depends. is not it. I got no, like three responses. Even... I said, this is not the, the one thing I can't accept is Adrian is that you actually think that Adrian Peterson, he was great and he was fine, but he did not change the dynamic entirely of the league like Moss. And don't put Adrian in the same sentence as Kirby Puckett in terms yeah, of lasting legacy and impact. So uh, let's come back here. Jason Stark, if you missed him yesterday, we're going to replay that in about 20 minutes. It was awesome. He gave us a fun trivia question. Uh, we talk twins and various items. Johan Santana, we get into that too. And then later on, Manny Lagos, sporting director for Minnesota United FC at 1230 to discuss yesterday's Christian Ramirez trade to LAFC. 
Luther Brookdale Toyota is on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard, and they have a bunch of great specials on 2018 models right now. So my recommendation is you stop in. If you're in the market for a new vehicle, the 2018 Toyotas are uh, some of the best vehicles in the world right now. The RAV4 is one of the most popular SUVs in the world with spaciousness of an SUV and handling more like a Camry or a Corolla. So you get the best of both worlds. You get upgraded safety features. You also get the Entune system 3.0 with an 8-inch touchscreen. You can connect your phone, all kinds of bells and whistles. I love the Corolla. Personally, I've been driving Corollas, a 2014 and a 2016 Corolla for a while. On that RAV4, you can get into one for just $229 a month on a 36-month lease with $31.39 down. Or if you want to put nothing down at signing, $329 a month. That's all on a 36 36- like me lift to be bar mitzvah? This is your bar mitzvah, Goldberg. Today you will become a man. Coach, I think you got the ceremonies mixed up. It's more like a circumcision. Coach, will you come back here? Whatever I do to you, man? District 5, ready! Oh, man, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. Hey! Oh, guys, what the fuck? Nice you, Goldie. Oh, please, no. Fire! <laughs> And that was the peak for Sean Weiss, Goldberg the goalie. God, I can't believe you've never seen that movie, Judd. Still never seen it. Judd's contributions to this segment might be minimal because he's never, never seen, seen Mighty Ducks. No, no, because I I know what it's about. I read it last night, so. So this is, uh, I'll just read from, from People.com from yesterday. Mighty Ducks, Mighty Ducks child actor star Sean Weiss, who played Goldberg the goalie, was arrested early Saturday in Northern California after police found him allegedly high on drugs and acting bizarrely with a flashlight. People confirms. Weiss, 38, was booked after patrolling officers found him at 12.47 a.m. outside a closed business complex along the main boulevard in Oroville with approximately three other individuals, according to a police lieutenant. The group was behaving erratically with flashlights, such as Weiss shining a light in his own face, and the officer suspected they might be under the influence of alcohol or drugs. During subsequent contact with the individuals, authorities determined that Weiss was high on drugs, uh, though he did not know which specific substance it was. A blood sample was not taken. He was held behind bars for a few hours until he sobered up and then was released without charges. The mugshot is incredible. Do we think he was was released from custody looking like that? I don't even know. How, how would you describe this mugshot to a radio audience? It's 38 the only, going on 70? 38 going on 70. If you were to take... So if you were to Google a picture of, of Sean Weiss, well, now this picture will come up so you can see the mugshot. Like, he's done TV stuff in the past five years. So he's been on TV. I've seen him on some different shows. I think he was on Arrested Development at some point. Like, like he's been on shows doing cameo stuff. But imagine if you were to shop vac his face and make it look like a 70-year-old... One of those one of those cigarette ads where they try to scare you into what you might look like if you smoke cigarettes when you're <laughs> well, this is you look, look like you're 90 with a <laughs> hole in your throat. That's what he looks like. It's incredible. 
Yeah, I would. I saw that picture and I thought, uh, I don't think drinking is the problem here. I think it's the meth problem. Well, he definitely had. There was some sort of deal a few years ago where he got arrested or he had a, he had a meth issue of some. Yeah, kind. like last year. I read that, but I thought to myself, that's a guy that looks yeah. like the meth has gotten to him, not just the alcohol. But Dave and I were talking before the show, and this is right in our wheelhouse. Like Mighty Ducks is one of my favorite movies, and they may have jumped the shark a little when they got to when they all played for like an an Olympic team or something. I don't know, but. They probably could have stopped after the first Mighty Ducks, and we was would have that, been fine. Was that D2? D2, they played Iceland, right? Yeah. So it was some junior world championships okay, or something. Okay, then D3, they were the Olympians? Maybe they were the Olympians oh. in D3. I remember liking yeah. D2. But imagine if the same team basically went up through the ranks and became the Olympic team. Right, Instead of yeah. just taking all the best players. Probably not going to happen. I'm irrationally sad and confused by this. Like, anytime a child actor, or anytime you see this, where you have one image of someone from a movie that you're still watching when it's on TV, and then you see a mugshot like this, and, and the fact that he's on meth, and I don't know, it just kind of... Child actors, man. It tears a piece of my childhood out, and I feel bad. This is bad. the path, though. A lot of them go down. It is remarkable how many, like, like kids who were, were uh, acting when I was a child myself... Like how many of them just it was it became a cliche. You end up drinking at twelve, doing drugs by fourteen. And Danny Bonaducci. And by twenty two, <laughs> you look like this Weiss character. Why is it why is that I'm sure there's been books and studies on this, but is it just that you're removed from normal interactions and your life is so abnormal when you're so underdevelopmentally yeah. that you can't handle it later on? Yeah, and you get access to booze and drugs and, and I I think if people care now. Forty years ago, they didn't. So, so like, I don't think the adults were standing there being like, "Oh, you, Junior can't drink." The adults were like, "Junior's making money. <laughs> Junior's yeah, jun- making a lot of money. Junior's our cash cow. Danny Bonaduce's so. making a lot of money, and we really don't care what he does." Yeah, yeah he was in. Let's see here, Sean Weiss. I'm on his IMDb page. He hasn't done a whole lot in the last ten years. He was Saved by the Bell, the new class, for a few episodes. Really? That's right. Yes. He was. That's right. Two episodes, ninety six, with Screech as his teacher. Or was Screech the assistant principal? Oh, he was, to Mr. Belding. Mr. Belding. I gotta be honest, I follow almost all these people on Instagram now. So one of my favorite things about Instagram is that you get all these child actor stars that you grew up watching, and and now they're all adults, and they're all posting photos and stuff. So Ben Savage, the dude who played um, on Boy Meets World. What was his name again in Boy Meets World? Corey Matthews, yeah, yeah. Yes, Corey Matthews, thank you. Like, he looks the same as he did 20 years ago. And he just posts photos of himself in normal everyday life now on Instagram. It's like I get to watch Boy Meets World when I scroll through my Instagram feed. Sure. Uh, do you remember Topanga? Topanga. I followed Daniel Fischel on mm-hmm. Instagram. Do Two you remember appearances on Boy Meets World, by the way, for Sean Weiss? Yeah, he did. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. I shouldn't laugh. But do you good. remember the show Step by Step? Oh hell oh, yeah! yeah. Loved Step Suzanne by Step. Suzanne Summers and the Patrick, Patrick uh, Duffy. Duffy from Dallas. Yes. Yeah. So I used to have a huge crush on. Christine Lakin, Al. Yep. I'm I f- with you. I follow her on Instagram. She's pregnant right now. And the difference getting, going. getting ready to roll. She's about eight months pregnant. And the difference between the, the two, two of us, in a nutshell, I, I had a crush on Suzanne Summers. <laughs> <laughs> on Three's you know Company. I, I did too. I mean, don't get me wrong, but. <laughs> Three's Company. Big crush on Suzanne Summers. Yeah, she was. Suzanne Summers was, was she like the. Oh, yeah. As far as uh, women on screen in like the late 70s. Television. She was huge. In fact, she left Three's Company because I think she was trying to get more than the other two stars got per episode, and they just said, no thanks, bye. Okay. 
But yeah, she was a huge deal, and I had a big time crush on her. Yeah. But do you guys ever, when when news like this comes out, and in this case, it's Goldberg the goalie, and it's something from your childhood. Like, ordinarily, I would see a story about an actor who's on methamphetamines and arrested, and I'd just be like, oh, whatever. But if it's someone that you watched when you were nine years old and and made an impression on you, and you had this image of him when you were a kid, and maybe you haven't kept up with him or her, it hits hard for some reason. Like, I'm genuinely baffled by this mugshot and this whole story, and I don't know why. It's slightly odd for me to see them just grow up in general. Like, all the guys from the Sandlot showed up at a yeah. Dodgers game for a big promotion a couple months ago. And aside from Hamilton Porter, who looks exactly like Hamilton Porter, uh, yeah, they all, you know, they've all looked, you know, old. There's some that are overweight, some that are looking kind of scraggly. It's yeah. like, really? You're, you're the kid from the Sandlot? From that. There's, I don't remember. There's one who's been arrested several times. There's a Sandlot guy in From drugs? the Sandlot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's been arrested in airports. In fact, he was arrested like a year and a half ago, I think. Was going. He did. He was James Earl Jones. Public intoxication. No, not James. <laughs> not James Earl Jones. Is it the Beast? <laughs> Can't get off of it. <laughs> the Beast. It was, it was one. It was one of those kids though who's had like drugs okay. and alcohol. I mean, there's inevitably one from it, yeah. if there's a group of kids. Well, it's like what what was the the group of kids that, that was bigger on the time that you guys were born. Um, Corey the, Feldman the Goonies. and the Goonies. The Goonies. Those yeah. kids didn't they have like two or three? I think one might be dead by now. It could be, but I mean, it's it's weird enough just to see them grow up and different than you remember them as you were kids because that's what they were and that's what they For always sure. will be. Right? They'll yes. always be the kids from the Sandlot, and all of a sudden they're forty with a pot belly. And now to see Goldberg the goalie arrested for whatever the heck was in his system, looking like he's almost sixty five years yeah, old. It's a it's lost quite a weight though. Yes. Maybe that's his... That meth will help you... Zolgat here for meth. It'll help you lose a lot of weight. And teeth. Yes, all of it. <laughs> there are... I went through the Mighty Ducks, just the children cast members, just to see, okay, how many of these are still relevant? And most of them had a few other gigs in the 90s or popped up once in a while and then mostly were just not on screen anymore. Sure. Two of the cast members, not counting Emilio Estevez and the older one, just the, the child actors in that movie... Josh Jackson still looks the exact same as he did as as Charlie 25 years ago. And, and he was in Dawson's jobs, Creek. I think, too. Yeah, he's, he's been pretty big time for 30 years. The other one that I, I wouldn't have, and you guys might not watch the show, but Empire is one of the biggest shows on network TV on Fox. It's like six seasons in. And one of the main stars of Empire was, uh, I believe it's pronounced Jussie Smollett. Hmm? And he was one of the... If you're ranking the kids on the team in order of like how prominent they are, he was probably like the ninth. You wouldn't even you'd be like, oh yeah, I remember that dude from the team, but he wasn't like Dwayne the rodeo guy or a porter. <laughs> but he he is Jamal in Empire. Never would have okay. never would have known that. So two two dudes right. from that cast or two actors wound up being relevant 25 years later. I'm and going- one is in mugshots looking like in. I'm going to admit to something I'm incredibly embarrassed to know, and I shouldn't know, but I do. And it's not because I watched the show, but I've read about it a lot. Don't couch it. Just go on, go with it. Google the new Mickey Mouse Club and see how many of those people became stars because it's off the charts. You mean like Inclu- Britney Spears and yep. Justin Timberlake, Timberlake and Christina yep. Aguilera was and on that, right? Didn't she? Somebody tried out, got rejected, and became a huge star. Well, probably. And it might have been Aguilera. Let's see here. I think I got, she was I, on it. I thought that was when the okay. Then the it was, rivalry began with her and Brit. Okay. Oh wow! Oh oh! Couple big names here. Okay, I shouldn't know this. It's Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, Justin Timberlake, J.C. Chazé, who went on to boy band, and uh, uh, Carrie Russell. Yeah, Carrie Russell and Ryan Gosling. Yep, a young wow. Yep. Nikki Deloach. 
I don't know who that is. I just happen to know this, okay? Oh, no, is that Ashley Simpson? I don't know who that is. Uh, I forgot about Gosling, but that's right. Yep. There's another one called uh, Ronna Lynn Bennett, who's Miss R&B. And then uh, Chasson Hampton. Chasson? Chasson Hampton? Don't know that one. But, yeah, Ryan Gosling was in the Mickey Mouse Club. Look at you. I know. Mr. Culture over here. It's Mr. It's Mr. Culture. Mr. Culture. <laughs> Mr. Mickey Mouse Club. Huh? Huh? Mickey Mouse. Huh? Uh, when we come back, Jason Stark joined us a day early yesterday. It's it's worth replaying if you missed it yesterday. You'll hear from Jason Stark. We'll talk about Johan Santana. He has a strong take on Joe Mauer we're going to get to and some fun trivia. And Manny Lagos in an hour, Mackie and Judd. Mackie and Judd resume things following these messages. That's just about the most fantastic scheme I've heard to date. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd are back. I have indeed been uploaded, sir. We're online and ready. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd are talking twins. Now, now, with MLB Network contributor and senior baseball writer with The Athletic, Jason Stark. Brought to you by Grundhofer's Old Fashioned Meats. Bring the excitement of Grundhofer's to your next cookout. All right, full disclosure, this was yesterday. We talked to Jason Stark a day early. And we got into a bunch of different stuff. Johan Santana, he's got a he's got a Joe Maurer hot take that he'll unveil here, and uh, some other items. Trivia was a blast too. So Jason Stark talking twins with us. Jason Stark from the Athletic and from Stadium TV, where you can find his baseball stories on a regular basis. What's going on, Jason? How are you? Hey, I'm good, man. How are you? We're doing all right. So, yo, yo, we want to talk to you about Johan Santana a little bit. And I know we did this, uh, uh, I think it was earlier this summer when we were talking about, or maybe it was earlier in the year, I can't remember. But Johan Santana was inducted into the Twins Hall of Fame uh, over the weekend. And it got us thinking about his career and how this was, this ceremony at Target Field was probably the most fanfare that he's going to receive because he's no longer on the, the Baseball Writers uh, Hall of Fame ballot. So you can cross that off the list. And there's really no other honor beyond Team Hall of Fame that he's going to receive fanfare for. And it just feels like for a guy who is arguably him neck and neck with Roy Halladay, the best pitcher over an era, over like an eight to ten year era, that his legacy and career are going to just sort of go out with a whimper. And that, I don't know, it just feels weird. Yeah, I I, I can relate to that. Um, you know, I, I take every name on that Hall of Fame ballot seriously i give every single name i try to give every single name a a proper look and a deep dive and when i got to johan my first instinct was almost i'd love to find a way to vote for this guy right and then it's just really difficult to justify based on the career but if you just look at the peak there's so so many similarities to Sandy Koufax yep. outside of the the championships in, the, in, in October. You'd really have to work hard to talk yourself into it, but I hope someday some veterans committee will take a look at Johan in a different light. So what what was the deciding factor to you when when you decided that you couldn't uh, couldn't mark that box off by Johan's name, Jason? Well, I, the peak would get him in. The it, it, it's hard to justify in any other way. I, you know, uh, 139 wins. There's just no precedent for a starting pitcher to make it into the Hall of Fame with 139 wins. And you know, maybe if a guy got 139 wins today, with you know, with pitchers getting taken.
striking out after <laughs> five of the third. Yeah. It'd be one thing. But in Johan's time, I, it just wasn't enough. And the, the ballot's so crowded anyway. Mike Messina's not in. Kurt Schilling's not in. I just couldn't get there. And I, I'm telling you, I wanted to because there was nobody that I enjoyed watching more than Johan. And there was nobody I enjoyed being around more than Johan. Uh, I was on MLB Network last week, and, and, and Ron Darling was there, and he obviously was around him in New York, and we were talking about just what an incredible presence that guy had. He was just a special human being. If he if he, he had at least gotten to a World Series with the Mets or Twins, Jason, would, would that have changed things, do you think, as far as how the, the uh, voters examined his case? I, I, I don't think so, to be honest with you. I, I don't think the the present voting group would elect a guy with 139 wins. Even as we all start to evolve away from looking at win totals, it's one thing to overlook a, a guy who barely wins 200, but a guy who's at 139, just the, the counting numbers don't work in his favor is the problem. And yet... You know, I'm a guy who once wrote a book about the most overrated and underrated players in baseball history. And boy, did I get myself involved in a crazy debate when I made Sandy <laughs> Koufax the most overrated left-handed starter wow. in, Whoa. in baseball history. And, and really, the reason... Whoa, hold was, on, hold on, Jason. Whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa. Hold on. Wait for it. Take Cops is recorded on location with the men and women of Sports Talk. All suspects are innocent until proven guilty in Hot Take Court. We we, we got to move this into Hot Take Court here. Okay, okay, okay. We're gonna we're, we're gonna leave the Johan Santana discussion right now for for briefly. Seconds. Yeah, the the Kofax. Uh, <laughs> this is interesting. I like this. Continue. Yeah. Well, you know, let me just explain what overrated and underrated is. Uh, overrated does not mean he stunk. <laughs> Uh, overrated, underrated is perception versus actuality. And, you know, Sandy Koufax had the four greatest back-to-back-to-back-to-back seasons of the last, like, 90 years, right? Mm -hmm. I I think we can agree on that. Uh, If you really want to be permissive about his period of greatness, you could stretch it to six years. But the problem was the other six years. And I I think that he benefited from walking away from the sport when he was clearly the greatest pitcher of his era. There was no decline, right? If you close your eyes and your memory of Sandy Koufax is, is World Series dominance and greatness. But that period only went on a really short period of time. And the first six years of his career, I mean, he was, it's hard to even argue he was an average major league starter. And so it was just a perception versus reality thing. I I, I am and was incredibly respectful of his level of greatness in the great years. It just, it's just fair to point out the other years. That's all I was doing. Yeah, no, that's... People didn't get it. No, I get what you're saying. That's really interesting. And it's funny, so... Um, the counting stats versus rate stats, so things that you would measure, like an ERA is a, is a rate stat, wins are a counting stat, and, I mean, Sandy Koufax 
only had 165 career wins, and Johan, would yeah. Johan have 139? And so I think the biggest difference, I guess number one would be era too, because his ERA, just based on the era, is is one of the lower ones. But he he performed in the postseason and was part of three championship teams. And I wonder if Johan had even one ring, if the 2006 Twins that had the right. MVP, the batting champion, uh, goal, couple gold glovers, and Johan and Francisco Liriano before the injury, if that team had gone on to win the World Series, and Johan's resume is the exact same, but, oh, he pitched amazingly well in October and has a World Series, I wonder, that's why Jack Morris is in. I mean, Jack Morris is very borderline with regular season numbers, but Game 7, 1991, is eventually what put his legend over the top, and Johan and, and Joe Maurer is going to wind up having the same problem, too. Well, I think that's true. Now, uh, the Jack Morris versus Johan debate is fascinating. As you guys know, I was a member of the Modern Era Committee that elected Jack Morris last winter. Yeah. And, you know, I can't get into all the specifics. But I can tell you that one of the questions that the players in the, in the room asked repeatedly, not just about Jack Morris, but about every name that we looked at, uh, you know, Dale Murphy is, is a great example. Don Mattingly is a great example. The question was, how long would you say he was great? You know, and Steve Hurt from the Ohio Sports Bureau and I were the two they kept asking these questions of. And I, I think it's obvious from the way they voted, or the way we voted as a committee, that those players, the baseball people, really valued an extended period of greatness as opposed to uh, a Don Mattingly type five years of being clearly one of the best players in baseball, but it, then it just didn't go on long enough. Mm-hmm. And I, so I think if, if the thinking were to remain the same, mm-hmm. Johan would have an incredibly difficult time with one of those veterans committees too. Um, but, but you're right. Jack Morris, not just in that game in 91, but in his entire postseason career until that last year with the Blue Jays was clearly uh, a man you wanted to hand the ball to in October. It's what aces were to that group. And, I mean, look, you wanted to hand the ball to Johan, but it just felt like stuff always happened. Maybe if they weren't playing the Yankees every year, that stuff <laughs> That might have helped out, yeah, Jason. That's, yeah, that's a problem. So, so We've I, been through that. So, if I'm not mistaken, Jack also spent 15 years on the initial ballot, correct? And yes, did. didn't get in. How, how much do you think it's going to, down the road, uh, hurt Santana's case? That I, I think the max that you can spend now is 10 years, but he's off now. So he, he's not going to come back up for a vote now for a, another nine years or so until a uh, di- different committee gets to him. Do you think that hurts his case since he's going to be off the ballot completely? Uh, well, I would say not necessarily. And the, the, the guy to refer to there is Ted Simmons. Ted Simmons was one and done on the writer's ballot and missed getting elected by the Modern Era Committee by one vote. Wow. Okay. So uh, I, I think that tells me that group is willing to look at every single name that comes before it with fresh eyes. And I think that can and should benefit Johan. I guess my question is just the, the perspective that the group will have. One of the things that was striking about being on the, the committee that elected Morris Trammell was every single player in the room was a player from that era and had played against him. Well, if mm. when Johan appears on that ballot 
every single player in that room is someone who had to bat against Johan or or duel Johan yeah. uh, on the mound. They'll remember he was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so here's a tough one, but but given what you said about Colfax and the fact that that he gets uh, points for for saying I'm done at the height of his career, how much do you think Maurer's going to be penalized for not doing that? So if Maurer had caught had concussions and said I'm done, he he goes out with three batting titles, and and you know we 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 would look on him now as one of the greatest hitting catchers of all time with no baggage thereafter at first base. How much do you think it impacts him that he didn't walk away after he was done catching? Uh, I think there's no doubt it has an impact that voters remember what they saw last. Uh, it, it, you know, look at how long it took, say, Gary Carter to get elected. And that was because the Gary Carter, uh, who played, say, for the Dodgers at the end of his career, was just a shadow of uh, the great catcher he was in Montreal and New York. And so uh, there's no doubt that that leaves an impression. But, you know, I looked at when, when Joe got his 2,000th hit this year, um, it was a, uh, the next day I was, it was another one of my MLB network days, and we talked about him nonstop. And I, I was on Chris Russo's show and said I thought Joe Maurer was a, was a clear Hall of Famer yeah. based on his time as a catcher, which wasn't, you know, two weeks. It was 10 years. Yeah. And, I, see, I think the comp for Joe Maurer is Ernie Banks. Ernie Banks was a Hall of Fame shortstop. He was a very average first baseman. In fact, I wasn't really planning to just type my overrated, underrated book all day to the show. But <laughs> Ernie Banks appeared twice. His most, he was on the most underrated shortstop list, but the most overrated first baseman list. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and you know, Joe Maurer is a first baseman. It, you know, he's, he's, just another, he's just another guy who gets on base a lot. Yeah. But he's he's not a he's not in any kind of Hall of Fame discussion for this portion of his career. But the catching part of his career went on for ten years. Yeah, yeah, and it definitely it definitely matters. All right, we got a couple more minutes left here, and you've got trivia, so let's do this, Jason Stark. You're really not going to like this question, okay? You're just not going to like it. Glad you're starting out that way. I'm just telling you. All right, <laughs> here's the question, Johan. As you guys remember, just was. Your, your basic automatic league leader in ERA. And I did it, did it two different times. Who's the only other twin to lead the American League in ERA? Okay. It, you're not going to like this. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, I know. All right. I know who yeah. it is. Yeah. Joe Mays. That's a really awesome guess, but it's not Joe. No! Whoa! So much confidence! I bought it! We're not going to like it? So it's got to be somebody like that. You got the idea. Uh, Joe Mays was so good. Oh, I got it. 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 Because... It, he he <laughs> he skipped his last start of the '89 season, if I'm not mistaken, oh. to win this title. Alan Anderson. Yeah. 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 If I'm not mistaken, Tom Kelly was PO'd because he wouldn't go out there and make his last start because he was such a wimp, unlike Teddy Ball game. It was it was '88. Eighty-eight. All right, that, that's great. Joe Mays was third in two thousand. Oh, Joe Mays, Alan, tremendous work. I don't know. Are we giving credit for this since you've guessed Joe Mays first? I, I'd like no, to. come on, Harrigan. 
We were going to guess Ryan Domit again, but we decided against that. <laughs> we were hung up on yeah, right? Phil was hung up on Domit the whole time, the whole week. The whole week. When did Dad guess Jim Cotter, Camilo Pasquale? But they're wrong. Exactly. I was thinking uh, Frankie V for a second, but yeah, Alan Anderson, because uh-huh. he skipped his last start of that season. Yeah, I tried to lead you into it as best I could, man. Awesome. Jason, thank you. We'll I'm catch full up Phil. Next week. Thanks, Jason. Bye. That was fun. See you guys. See ya. Right, Jason Stark from The Athletic. I'm sorry. I, but you know what? <laughs> the fact that we just named Alan Anderson and Joe Mays. Yep. Counts for something. Absolutely makes the show. Yep. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. They live in the sewer. Yes, yeah. they do. Yes. And enjoy it. Yes. <laughs> they relish in yeah. it. Mackey and Judd. And the way they walk with their back end up in the air, that's yeah. just plain evil. <laughs> it's just gross. On 1500 ESPN. This is your final chance to win a trip for four to Craigins. 1500 ESPN's Majors Fantasy Golf Challenge is back for the final major of the year. It is the PGA Championship. Select your nine players from the featured groups that you think will combine for the lowest total score and sit back and watch the field unfold. You have until 6.55 a.m. this Thursday morning to make your selections. Get them done. Head to 1500ESPN.com. Sign up and win that trip to Craigens. Uh, yeah, you know, we've, we've had a lot better days. It was not pleasant to endure. That beatdown, um, you know, not not entirely on Kyle. Uh, first inning was disastrous. You know, just the way it unfolded. You know, leadoff walks can always be problematic. Yeah, it just uh, tough. We didn't generate enough offense to really make it very competitive on the other side. I love the use of the word beatdown there. Eh, tough to endure that beatdown. I thought his line was going to be. It's not altogether surprising considering we just traded five guys in the past few days. And that's how team, I would speak. And this team doesn't really care much. And Foresight's going to be here for like two weeks, and besides that, yeah, we're pretty much done. That's exactly how I would be in his position, for sure. Lavelle, Mike, Dan, we're pretty much done. How about Trevor Bauer, though? Trevor Bauer now leads the major leagues in, well, innings, as he pointed out in his postgamer, wins above replacement. (laughs) Yeah, he's a... And he already has 200 strikeouts. So he he had 196 strikeouts in the full year last year. He already has 206 strikeouts with almost two full months of the season to go. So he's on pace for 300 strikeouts. That's absurd. And he's been one of the top pitching prospects before, but now I think people have kind of characterized him as uh, a bit of an odd duck who's underachieved a little bit until this year, and now he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. Yeah, I think he qualifies as odd duck, but he's really good at baseball. So he is. He's so a, you can be weird then. He's obsessed with analytics. He's obsessed with spin rate and sort of the math and the science of pitching. Whole, whole thing with the Astros, like back in May or June, he he got into a big thing with McCullers, I believe, basically insinuating that they cheat, and it, it went back and forth. And he's really obstinate, so he yeah. he wouldn't back down. I can't remember the details, but it was a geeky spin rate Twitter war. It was mm-hmm. like two geeky pitchers from analytical organizations talking about spin rate. I got a better spin rate than you do. But do you use pine tar to get more spin rate, or can you do it all that's natural? What it, that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, it, it involved how, how they went about getting their spin rate. That's what it was. You're right. Yeah. So <laughs> Wetmore and I were talking yesterday. He told me in the hallway that tre- apparently Trevor Bauer has some bet with one of his friends that if he ever signs a multi-year contract, so a two-year contract or more, his friend can take a paintball gun to his groin, crotchal area. Yeah, that's true. And that was in stuff. I think a day that that you were gone. He, okay. He revealed it on the uh, Jeff pa- uh, Passon podcast, right? I think that's right. Yes. So he's going to bet on himself every year for yes. his entire career. Yep. Or he's going to decide to bite the bullet. Okay. And take the uh, take the paintball gun to the groin. He can't become a free agent. 
until apparently until like 2021. But you're telling me if in a, and he'll be 29 years old or 30 years old, so he'll still be in his prime when he's a free agent. You're telling me if somebody's offering you I, seven years and like 200 million dollars at that point, you're gonna say nah. I'll take one year, eighteen million, and then bet on myself again. I would, I would take the seven years, two hundred million, and a paintball shot to the Nads every single time, wouldn't you? Like Tommy John surgery, and now you're not. Like- if the agreement with my buddy didn't say, didn't, uh, didn't extrapolate the fact that I can't have a cup, so I can have a cup, I would just come with a cup and be like, dude. I feel like if you don't, if I you said can't paper- wear a cup, it's. You're gonna have some permanent damage. That's what right? I'm saying. So yeah, so I would come with a with a hockey goal, goaltender cup, which is massive and huge. I sense a Judd Zolgat athlete, and I would say, go ahead, you no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm only willing to go so far for the show. I don't know who his buddy is, but assuming his buddy's just a normal everyday guy, works a nine to five. I mean, you sign that big deal and buy him off, right? Yeah, here's a hundred grand. Go buy as many paintball guns as you want to. Just don't <laughs> yeah. shoot him at me. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. You pay him a million. Pay him a million bucks to go. Name away. your price, buddy. That's fine, but I'm going to sign this five year deal right now. Now, if your buddy's rich and turns down the money just for a shot at glory, how so many how many drinks in was was this bet made? Because the only way that you would do this is several alcoholic beverages in. I don't know. Is I Trevor Bauer with, a drinker? I believe with Bauer, it might be zero drinks. Yeah, so, he's an odd guy. Why would you say that though? Like, why would you say? I'll never sign a multi-year contract. Because he wants to bet on himself every year and be in the best. He doesn't want to get stuck three years into a deal and realize, oh, this team sucks or I don't want to live here anymore. So in his mind, it's, I'm just going to leverage the market every single year, hope that I stay healthy. And Good luck as a pitcher, huh? Make a bunch of money. Well, you can make, if if you, if he were on the market every single year on one-year deals yeah. and stayed healthy, he would make more money doing it that way. Sure. Because teams would get into a bidding war. Teams that can win the championship would say, well, like, we'll give him $30 million for this one year. And then we don't have to commit to him when he's 40 but stay years healthy old. is the key thing. Sure. As a pitcher, good luck with that. Now, if, if he winds up getting $30 million, he'll be fine for life. It'll just be the difference between this amount of Monopoly money and that amount of Monopoly money. But good for him. He's going he's gonna to strike out 300 batters this year with a lot of help from the Twins. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's do questions next. Is questions ready to come out of the bullpen here next? Ooh, questions got to get loose quickly, but we can figure it out. Okay, and Manny Lagos in about 30 minutes. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Oakley dokley. On 1500 ESPN. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 3. It was my first time traveling alone. Packed my car with hiking boots, a camera, and my dog, Randy. I don't know what I was searching for. Maybe it was something new with adventure. Maybe it was the idea of vacation I would never expect, filled with wildlife, national parks, rivers. Whatever it was I set out to find, it was all there and more. Because there's so much South Dakota, so little time.